Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. Yes, we are on a lot earlier than we would normally be. Yes, the Cubs are being blown out 9-1 to to the Kansas City Royals and are on the brink of being swept. But nonetheless, I am Ron Luce, joined today by Cody Del Mendo. Cody, before we jump into talking Cubs baseball, how are you doing, sir, on this beautiful Sunday afternoon? Uh, Ron, good to see you, buddy. Uh, all things considered, uh, you know, I guess I'm I'm doing all right. Um, it's been a tough weekend. I had some high hopes, uh, and you know, I wasn't asking for the Cubs to go out and win games, I guess, but I was hoping for, I don't know, I guess more, more like, I can't think of the word, but just like more optimism because how they win two or three in Cincinnati and then come home and basically going to get swept by this Royals team. No disrespect to them, but like they're in the same situation the Cubs are. Like they might be better next year. Like Andrew Benatendi looked like he's playing in 2018 again today. I don't know, but like they have they have some nice players. Salvador Perez literally having the best year of his career. Um, but still, like to not pull out one of those games this weekend was just I don't know. I guess it was the first time where I'm like actually mad at, at them, like since the trade deadline. Like that's fair, and I feel like that might be an unpopular thing because like everyone's rooting for them to lose. My thing is like when I did the show with Joey the other day, I was telling him I was like, you know, I'm all about like trying to get a higher draft pick, but you have to still like. You, you, you'd like to see Cody Hoyer in, like, high-leverage spots at the end of a game. You'd like to see Rowan Wick in a high-leverage spot, not coming in down 7-1, to one, so he's probably just going to work on some pitches or whatever and not really give you his all, you know? Not necessarily not give you his all, but you know what I mean. Like, he's going to work on some shit probably. And maybe that's what, what, what happened today. And, like, that – it just, like – when I texted you and was like, let's do this if Wick gives up these runs. And then he did, and it's just like, fuck, we can't even get that. You know what I mean? So I guess this is like the first time since the trade deadline where I'm just like pissed off because it's like, I get we suck. I know we're supposed to lose games, get a better draft pick for next year, but fuck, man. Like, give me like at least play well enough to put players that you know are going to be on the team next year in situations that you you want to see if they're going to be good in or not. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I that like if you can't if you can't root for that, then I don't even know why you're watching. Just join the rest of everyone who's just like canceled marquee on their subscription or whatever and and bitch some more about what, getting rid of the three guys. Like, I don't know. Right. That Like, that's what bothers me the most is just I have accepted everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find reasons to want to watch the games. But when you go out and lose nine to one today possibly more by the end of this podcast and then like friday's game was was frustrating too i was at that game Mm -hmm. and like it's just i guess if there's any you know if we can talk about some positives from the weekend which there were some but it's just like Mm in in like single singular game like the single game like like of today maybe not know so much yesterday only lose four to two yesterday and then friday you know, it's just kind of like there's just nothing. There's nothing really. There, there is, but like, just not enough for me to like. I don't know. Be sit, be excited to sit here and and talk about the future. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I, I'm right on board with you there because I think that's that is the only thing that Cubs fans really have to be excited about the rest of this 2021 season is exactly what you said. Is some of these guys that you know are newer or are younger or whatever. You know, 
we want to see what they have for 2022 and beyond. Like you said, I think the Cody Hoyer is a perfect example. I want to see him maybe getting a two winning close, you know, close situation or, or getting yeah. a, a high leverage, you know, eighth inning where the Cubs have a lead. Like that's what you want to see. But, you know, or even guys like Manny Rodriguez pitching in that type of situation or even seeing, you know, Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson, who we got to see a little bit of yesterday, you know, pitch in a game where they have a lead, you know, like that's what we want to see, you know, and, and we wanted to see a guy like hopefully Nico Horner get healthy. And we'll, we'll touch on that here in a little while, but a complete agreement with you. Like when they're not in a situation to give these guys that experience to learn, it's like, what, what the hell's going on? Like the only, the right. only positive I can think of in the whole weekend is the way that Patrick wisdom was played. Yeah. Like off the top yeah. of my head, that's about it. And Keegan looking not terrible in his, in his first, you know, start since May 4th May. or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. So like yeah. there's, there's, there was some positives. Great. But right. like, again, we didn't get to see a lot of Cody Hoyer at all this weekend. Would have loved to see Cody Hoyer in at least two of these games. You didn't get to see any really Manny Rodriguez. Like you got to see maybe a little bit of him, but like when they're not pitching in high leverage situations, like you said, like today with Wick coming in in the sixth inning with men on, you know, maybe he's coming in with, like you said, working on stuff because they're down seven runs. You know, it's not like right. he's really working in a high leverage situation where the Cubs might have a lead or maybe they're only down one. Mm-hmm. And that's why they need to be competitive down the stretches to get the result that exactly what you said. I, you know, before the trade deadline, I was like, you know, if we at the time, of course, I was like hoping that they would have at least kept one. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I was like, you know, if they do this, they're probably not going to be in the playoff chase towards the end of the year. But you'd like to see them at least build some momentum going into next year. And they're just I mean, I thought that after winning two or three in Cincinnati and the way that they like the the offense kind of broke out a little bit there, I was like, you know, let's keep that rolling this weekend. And it's on what we scored two runs yesterday. We scored two or three runs on Friday and one run today. Mm-hmm. I, I, one thing I don't understand is why Michael Hermosillo is not playing every fucking day. I understand that they yes. see him as like a, you know, a, a specialist against lefties, but fuck, he went, he hit one of the hardest balls today. He had a line out straight to whoever. I don't know who plays third for the Royals, but like he had one of the hardest hit balls today. And we're fucking throwing out Jason fucking Hayward in his $22 million contract that's gives me fucking heartburn out there in a season that doesn't matter anymore. Like, like that pisses me off. It's like Michael Hermosillo was blocked in fucking uh Anaheim or Los Angeles, whatever you want to call it, because of Mike Trout. That's explainable. You can understand that. Right. But there's no one blocking Michael Hermosillo here. He should be playing every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. And Especially it, after hitting 300 at AAA. Right. And I, I just don't get it. I like, mm-hmm. And that's more so on David Ross, I guess. But like... I'm maybe they're they're trying to ease him in a little bit, just get help help him get some confidence. I don't know, but it's just like like that. Like I went to the game Friday thinking, all right, they're gonna play Michael Hermosillo's first game as a Cub at Wrigley. I thought this, and he's a, grew up in in Ottawa, Illinois, like just south of the city, like ninety minutes, and like that whole storyline. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't play him. I was pissed. I was pissed. I went to the game pissed off. I never go to a game on Friday at 120 pissed off, but it went pissed off only because a 26-year-old uh, minor league guy who perhaps hasn't got the full opportunity to really show out yet, you know, mm. 
but still, like, that's where we're at. Like, you know, like, he hit, right. playing really well at AAA. I don't care if he was a top prospect or not. There's been plenty of guys who have came through the Cubs organization throughout the years that wasn't a top prospect and turned into something, like, some someone that we'd like. I mean, fuck. Kyle, Kyle Hendricks was never example. a fucking yeah, yeah. Kyle Hendricks was never a fucking top prospect. Nope. And he's the ace of the staff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Patrick Wisdom for this year, like he's yeah. got the power, but the swing miss is kind of bad, and he's got to he's got to fix that. But at least he walks a little bit more than Javi Baez did. So it's like something like I can give and take with that. You know, sure. Schwindel's been been nice. You know, Ortega Two for three today. Cubs legends, right? You know, Cubs like I get legends. it, but like. Right. <laughs> but like, I'm just like, I just don't understand. Like, I think that's the thing that is, that's made me the most mad. I, I feel like mm-hmm. I keep reiterating it, but like, just like put these guys out there, just let them go out there and play. We have like yeah. a month left of the year, like show us something, get us excited about something. If Michael, right. if they play Michael Hermosolo and he freaking just rakes in the month of September, that will get people like me excited for next year because I don't know what his role is next year, but I, at the very least, I see him as a Jake Marisnik type guy, you know? Sure. But, yeah, you know, I, I'm just like, I just don't understand some of the lineups. I don't understand why we just, we just not putting players in position to succeed. And, I, I no one's going to be watching in September, but me and you are going to be watching in September and we're going to be looking for certain things, man. And like, right. I think it all starts with like, who are the two guys they're going to call up for September call-ups and when the roster expands a little and you know, just how they finish the year. I told Joey in the last pod, I was like, you know, I'd love for them to just go 500 in September. At least that would probably show us something. Yeah. I, that might be asking too much for this roster, but like, like give me something similar like that, you know, like right. just, just give me something. I'm not yeah. asking for us to win every game. I'm just asking for some, some sort of like light at the end of the tunnel. Like I don't Absolutely. want the light at the end of the tunnel to just be whatever we do in free agency and the off season or whatever. Like I, I, like you can make a ton of moves. We've seen teams do before, make ton of moves in the off season. The white Sox did it in like what going into 2016, and they were good for a month, and then they shit their pants, and they sold off right. Sale and they rebuilt, right? Right. Like, like that. Like, you, 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 you can't just make moves in the off season and and fix everything. Like, you have to find what you got already within the organization. And it's just, mm-hmm. again, I just like I just feel like right now, or at least this weekend, the Cubs just didn't put guys in position to succeed, and it was all based off their own doing because. They couldn't pitch. They basically couldn't hit. And the bullpen today kind of sucked too. And and then and, and it kind of sucked yesterday. And it kind of sucked Friday. Like it's just there's just like nothing. There's nothing for me to just be like, oh, I'm liking this guy for next yeah. year, you know. Except for Keegan Thompson. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. As far as the weekend, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that. I agree with you. I mean, at least the Keegan Thompson, him coming up four and a third for him. Um, again, very similar to kind of Steele's first outing in terms of his final line. Uh, not a lot of strikeouts for a guy who has registered at least decent strikeout numbers in his starts at AAA. And I think we'll see that change like we did with Steele once he had his second start. But I agree with you, man. Like, I, I want to see Michael Hermosillo every day because 
who's to say he's not a guy that can, like you said, like a Jake Marisnik type contribution. Maybe he is your fourth outfielder, but you know, he can play. I know he at least can play the corner spots and I'm sure he can play center if you really needed him to, you know, let him be out there, let him hit every day, let him get again. Like, it's not like this guy just got called up because he needed to be called up and they needed a, a, a warm body on the bench. He's hitting 300 at AAA. Like, that's no joke. I don't care who you are. Hitting, I, what was his, I think it was like a 304-something on base. And, like, you know, I mean, he had an OPS almost near 1,000. Like, yeah. you can't sit here and tell me that's not worth bringing up and actually playing on a day-to-day basis. You know, and then, you, you like you said, you throw in, who do we see in September? Because I, we better see Alfonso Rivas, who's been absolutely killing the ball in AAA every day. You know, I want to see him. I want to see Dykeman. I want to see maybe Miller, maybe Trace Thompson, you know, little brother of, you know, splash brother Clay Thompson. But, but like, we want to see these guys. Like, hey, screw it. Let them play every day. Like, right. not to say that – not to say I don't like Ian Happ, but, like, I feel like we kind of know what we got in Ian Happ at this point. And we yeah. all know what we got in Jason Hayward. We know Jason Hayward's going to be on the roster next year. Yeah. You know? And even with center field, like, don't get me wrong. I love my boy Ortega. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a reason I bought the jersey. But, like, if Ortega needs a day off, let one of these other guys play center field. Like, why not? What yeah. do you have to lose? You already suck. Like, <laughs> we want to see what these guys can do. Like, I would be okay seeing Cody Hoyer in, you know, the ninth inning of a game that they're losing. But at least if you'll get them to work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dakota Meeks is a guy that we'll probably see when the roster's because he's been very good. Like, or even like I, like for Cody Horrier example, you know, like I would just like him to come into games when the Cubs have a lead, like, oh, yeah. and that's and that game that me and Joey did, he he pitched two innings to close the game against the Reds, Look and and like like. Most likely, if the Cubs are going to want to use him in those kind of situations, they're going to need to pitch him earlier in the game, whether it's the fifth or sixth inning, whatever. I don't know. But, like, I would just like to see him in those situations. Whatever. Like, at this point, it doesn't matter if it's a closer or whatever. It's just I want to see him in high leverage spots. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Same thing with Rowan Wick. Like, everything, everything that went against him today, I'm not even – it's like it's just it's already out the window to me. You know, it's it's all about like what they're going to do in the situations you're going to use them in next year. And there's no doubt that those two guys are going to be your back end guys of the bullpen next year. So put them in those situations. If that means you got to pitch them earlier. Fuck it. Do it. I don't know what that means for the rest of the game. Like, well, it depends on how the the, the game flow is going, I guess. But mm-hmm. you, get, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, don't yeah. bring Rowan Wick in the fucking seven to one ball game on a Sunday afternoon where everyone is just like, this team fucking sucks because we don't know how to play defense and help Alec Mills out. You know what I mean? Like right. just bring, bring them in whenever you, you're actually in the game. Like that's like, that's the point that I'm trying to make is just like, use them in situations you're going to use them in next year, put bringing them in today. I mean, I guess in a sense was just to get work, but mm-hmm. also it's just like, you're, you're wasting bullets, you're wasting bullets. So yeah. yeah, man. Well said. And and like you said, too, I mean, especially because right now, based on who they have at AAA, as well as who they have at the big league level in that bullpen, I'm right there with you. Right now, I'm penciling in Rowan Wick and Cody Hoyer in one of those later two spots, whether whoever closes, they can determine that later. But eighth, ninth inning, 
I would expect to see number 50 and number 12 out of the bullpen. Like that's what I expect next year. Like you said, you know, because right now I look at AAA and I say maybe Dakota Meeks is a guy that gets a look, you know, at a later. And even as a back-end guy, I can even infer that as a seventh-inning guy. Because, like, Tapera was a back-of-the-road, you know, bullpen guy, but mostly pitched in the seventh inning, which is fine. Yeah. Maybe Meeks is one of those guys. Maybe a guy like Brendan Little who just got recalled to AAA after absolutely, I don't want to say dominating, but he was very good at AA. I mean, he, you know, 309 ERA in 13 games as mostly – a relief guy going multiple innings. Maybe he's that guy that you have for like sixth, seventh inning type work, you know, for next year. But again, we want to see these guys, you know what I mean? And like, that all goes back to your point of like, if, if Jason Hayward's going to play five days a week, that's not helping you learn what you have in guys like Michael, Michael Hermosillo. You know, I like the fact that they move Duffy around the way they do, because that gives guys like Alcantara and Bodie time to get work. You know, and even gives guys like wisdom time to move around if they or if they need a day off. You know, and and like like I said, like we talked about it plenty. Like I love that guys like Ortega and Schwindel are having good seasons for them because it's going to mean you know they probably get a contract if it's not with the Cubs, at least with somebody else for next season. But like we the the Cubs still need to know what the fuck they have in some of these guys, and like, and I think that that is what makes the Nico Horner reaggravation or what we've know so far. So as we're recording this at. 410 on Sunday. He left in the middle of his at bat at, at High A South Bend with what people believe to be some pain and maybe a re-aggravation of that oblique. And yep. that sucks too, because just like in the case with Madrigal, we don't get to see him at all this year. We might not get to see Nico Horner the rest of the season, even though it literally, of course, was reported this morning like, hey, he's gonna have the opportunity to prove he's the everyday shortstop for 2022, and then he re-aggravates his injury. And it's just like like the Cubs can't catch a break right now. So it's like, why yeah. not see what these other guys have when you're already losing time with some of your, you know, your guys that are part of the 2022 plan. And even some of the guys that might be look at Braylon Marquez and Miguel Amaya combined. Yeah. They both played 23 games in 2021. You know, who has all 23 of those games? Amaya. Miguel Amaya. Yeah, Marquez yeah, yeah. hasn't even pitched yet. And people are penciling him in as a, a, a name, maybe not even in the starting rotation, but at least in the bullpen in 2022. And he hasn't even pitched this year. He hasn't pitched since 2019. Sure, he had the one you know appearance with the Cubs last year, but that was it. That's all the yeah. pitching he's done in a live game since 2019. Like, you have to, if you're the Cubs, give these guys an opportunity that you need to see what they have because some of the guys that you were already hoping would be ready and part of your team for 2022 are hurt and are not going to be able to get that extra time of work. So get these other guys that time of work because I'd rather personally as a fan have a plethora of riches in the farm system than just a handful of guys we're relying on for 2022 when they're not even getting work to play and develop in what's ultimately already a meaningless 2021 season for the big one. Yeah, no, you hit it right on the nail, man. That's, I mean, again, as far as Horner, and here, here's a question for you. Cause this was swirling on Cubs Twitter and it like made me roll my eyes to like a note, like a, the typical Cubs Twitter that makes me roll my eyes. And that is, is Nico Horner injury prone? Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I like that you, I like that you asked that because I saw a lot of that too of like, he's fragile. And it's like, do oh, people God. understand that this is the first time he's actually been hurt? Is this yeah. season? 
And yeah. one of the reasons he was hurt the first time was because he and Ian Happ collided in the outfield or whomever yeah. he collided with. It was Happ. It was Happ and yeah, Horner that collided Hap. at that yeah. time. That was the whole yeah. reason he missed time is because he literally went almost freaking head to head with Happ. Otherwise, yep. he would probably still have been playing. And then, sure, yeah, the oblique happened. But, like, and the kid's only been around for, like, two years. How are right. we going to claim Can, that he's injury what's, prone? Let's go over Nico Horner's career with the Cubs so far. Called up late 2019 by an emergency because Avi Baez was hurt. Literally the Cubs after the being drafted, like, two yeah. months earlier. Right. Right after he was playing in, like, A ball. I think maybe he was a double A. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if he was at all. I'll look this up, but, but he, 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 he came up in September, 2019 played shortstop for the entire time because they needed someone because Javi Baez was out and they didn't have any depth on the farm at that time, mm -hmm. uh, at least a shortstop. And then uh, 2020 happens. And let's be really, was it really wasn't that great with the bat at least he was really good defensively was a gold glove finalist or whatever um i think he was near the tops in the cubs like, roster in terms of like hard hit rate and like contact rate no doubt so you had some optimism but i remember i was very much on the well if it if it would have been a regular 2020 season he probably starts the year in triple a or double a again and they just you know let him get more minor league at bats um and I thought that they should have done that with him this year. And then he proved us all wrong because he played really well when he got called up in May. Um, and then unfortunately had the collision with Ian Happ, missed like a week, week and a half or two or something like that. And then the hamstring happened in June, in which forced him to miss, I don't know, basically while the Cubs were free-falling. I feel like that was the biggest thing when the Cubs were free-falling after they swept the Cardinals in, in June. Yeah. Um, they lost that the 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 diversity in the lineup, and he was a big part of that with the contact rate and just you know putting the bat and like putting the ball in place, stuff like and that. Him and Duffy. and yeah, and and Duffy, yeah, and um, you know that like that happened. Um, he was out for like a month and a half or whatever, or something like that. I don't have the exact numbers. And then the oblique happened after. Didn't the oblique happen literally like maybe like the day after the trade deadline? Didn't it happen in Washington? Yeah, it was pretty. So it was, so it was like pain on pain on pain when this happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, there he's never been hurt until this year, and he I don't he he's not twenty five yet, is he? I know he played college ball, so he has to be in his mid twenties at this point. Like, how can we sit here after just some a freak injury? You know, the hamstring and the oblique. Yeah, that's like I don't want to say it's alarming, but it is just like all right. If this continues to happen moving forward, then yeah, we can pronounce him injury prone. But like, he hasn't even he hasn't even played a full major league season, man. Every guy, every player this year is getting hurt. So many injuries have happened this year because no one played 162 last year. We're gonna we're gonna just pronounce fucking Nico Horner injury prone. Like someone was telling me earlier, like because I was like, you know, let's shut him. I I tweeted. I was like. Perhaps we should probably shut him down the rest of the year just because, like, he's automatically going to be your shortstop or you're somewhere in the outfield next year. Or, yeah. like, just be versatile and be able to do both, honestly. Or be or be the yeah. Ben Zobrist as player yeah. on the roster. And player. I think that's more likely to be his thing. But – and someone – and it's my good friend Ryan Cox, and no slander to him. But he was like, 
locked in question mark i was like yeah i don't see why not and he's like um what did he say he's like i'd rather not be locked in on someone who who never plays and it's like are you fucking me yeah i literally said come on dude like come on like don't fall into what all everyone on fucking cubs twitter is talking about like that that shit it's like it's like someone says something and it get, the idea of it enters other people's heads and it becomes a the idea of like what everyone's thinking. And it's like, yeah. first off, he came out of today's game and he's like, he didn't even look like he was in excruciating pain. Like whoever tweeted that video out, uh, Caleb something. I, he's minor league guy on, tw- on, on Twitter. And maybe he was, but it, he, they did say it was more of a precautionary thing. We'll reevaluate tomorrow. Now, tomorrow again, we're recording this at 418 in the afternoon on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we'll re they'll reassess tomorrow and see how he feels. Like I'm glad that he took himself out because if it if it's not great, Bob, then don't push it. You right. know what I mean? There's no need to make it worse than it already right. is. Right. So mm-hmm. I just like I wanna like it's almost like everyone who said Chris Bryant was injury prone. Like it's almost like those people. Like if fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and I agree with you. It just pisses me off, bro. It well, pisses me I feel off you. to go in. I, I feel you, and here's why I feel you, because I, I have numbers to back up your argument, and our argument, because I, I am on the same page with you here about Horner. So for those that are curious, in three big league seasons, Horner has played 107 games. Uh, for the last time I checked, a full 162 makes up a major league season. So in three years, he hasn't even played a full major league season worth of baseball yet. So – Let's pump the brakes. But again, he was drafted in 2018 and everybody's like, oh, well, so Ron was wrong. First off, which was true. I was wrong. But secondly, everybody's probably like, oh, well, well, you know, he, he probably played a bunch of games in 18. No, he played 14 games in 2018 in the minor league system for the Cubs. Three of those were at rookie ball. Seven were at short season a ball, which no longer exists. And uh, four of those games were with South Bend when they were still the low a full season um team and which obviously again they've gotten rid of that whole structure but you know and then in 2019 he spent five games with the rookie ball team and then played 70 games in double a tennis south bend tennessee so again he or not in south bend tennessee that didn't make any damn sense tennessee with the tennessee smokies yes yep yep so literally he's only played in total in his minor league career 97 games i think it is hmm. so if we combine that with his major league time he hasn't even played a season and a half of baseball yet since he was drafted, <laughs> let That's alone insane to me. Right. Uh, and he's 24. He just turned 24 in May. He won't be 25 until May 13th of next season. Yeah. How in the fucking hell are we going to sit here? And, like you said, and pronounce him injury prone. He's barely <laughs> a major leaguer at this point. He's barely. Young. Yeah. He'll yeah. be fine. Let's stop worrying so much. Like everybody that's freaking out about Madrigal being hurt and us trading for a hurt guy, he'll be fine. He'll yeah. probably be fine. Let's just be brutal. Today's day and age, the, the advancements in technology and medicine, like surgery is such a second nature thing nowadays in, in sports. Like, sure, of course, there's guys that Didn't don't always. Yasmani Grandal have like actual surgery on his foot or something. Yeah. And he's supposed to be back like. And he's already now. in AAA Charlotte with <laughs> rehab stuff on the south side. Yeah. Again, yeah. modern medicine is a wonderful thing. And these guys are yeah. all with some of the best medical trainers in the world in these right. organizations. Like, the Cubs have always been talked about as having a great medical staff up and down the organization. Mm. He's working with the best people possible. 
They're right. going to be fine. Like, th that narrative needs to die. I am absolutely 100% there with you. Because it was it was one of those things, man, where I was brave. like, I was like, you know, I haven't let the Cubs piss me off in a while, but between everything that happened this weekend and now all you motherfuckers are on here calling Nico Horner <laughs> injury prone, you can all go fuck yourself. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, and I don't, I don't mean to, you know, slander anyone, but at the same time, like, take a step back, take a deep breath and just right. like, like, like there's even people who are like, how can Horner and, and Madrigal even exist on the same roster? And I'm like, why can't they? Why? Why not? Well, because especially neither one of them, neither one of them. You still don't really know what they are because you just said it that Horner's yep. not even played two full major league seasons or not two full major two professional major seasons, two professional seasons. <laughs> and Madrigal, a former number four overall pick, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on number that. Number four. Nope, number four. Has right. hasn't even played. I don't. He hasn't even played a full major league season. Hell, yeah, I, I, I'm someone. sure he has a lot more, um, a lot more minor league games because the White Sox were very, very, you know, adamant about like his development because they thought he was going to be part of their next core players. But like, neither one of them have developed into what they're going to fully be. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them. So to claim that they're both injury prone or one of them is injury prone, it just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me. To me, people doing that, they're just on Twitter bitching. Yeah, I totally so, agree. Yeah, no, uh, someone coming in there? You're good. Yeah, it's my little brother. We're okay. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, my, yeah. My no, studio's just, been uh, ruined for those that are watching live. My Ortega. Ortega's off the, the he's off the door. Down for the, the count. Door. Sorry about that. Continue, um, continue. I, I yeah, that's really, as far as that situation, it, you know, spin zone, it's kind of nice to sit here and fucking bitch about, you know, I guess Cubs Twitter or whatever. I feel like I haven't been able to do that in a while. You know what I mean? Like if you you game. get where I'm coming from, like it's nice to be able yeah. to like have something to complain about because it's like you can't. There's no reason to complain about the team, but like right now it's like, man, these people are pissing me off. So I'm gonna yeah. come on here and bitch about them. <laughs> well, well, and here's the best part too is is that whole argument because I I too have seen that so much and it's I don't want to call it nauseating because that's a terrible word to use. It's like people are like letting stuff spiral. And then they're they yeah. re, they're reactionary. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they just well, reactionary tweet. And it's like right. take a step back and, and like realize like look at the big picture. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I agree. And and the reason I say that is this. And so I, I, I have a few points to again back up because you and I are on the same page. Madrigal is in really the same position as Nico Horner for those that are curious, concerned, what have you. Okay. Uh, Madrigal is only a whopping 24 years old as well. Uh, he will actually, fun fact, um, if I'm doing my math correctly here, let me double check my number. Yeah, actually, he will turn 25 before Horner does, uh, by about two months. And again, if you add up their total professional games, they're both at about the same number. I, I know yeah. Madrigal has a slight edge. It's maybe like 30 games more for Madrigal, but that's it. I mean, that's not a lot. I mean, in 2018, he played 43 minor league games in the White Sox system. He did get a full 120 in 2019, so that was big for him. But he only played 29 last year in the shortened season, 
And then he only mm-hmm. had 54 games this year before, you know, going under the knife for the, I believe it was the Achilles or, or the hamstring or something. But nonetheless, it was, it was a, I think it was that, I think it was a ham, it was a hamstring injury. I Maybe it was, it was a hammy. Yeah. I think it was a complete tear of the hamstring. So that it required yeah. surgery, but still like, He's only played a grand total of about, uh, here, I'll just pull up the actual fucking number. He's only played a, a total of 163 minor league games and then 83 major league games. Yeah. Like these guys are sense. so young. And then on top of that, to your point about, oh, how can they coexist on the same team? How can't they? Like <laughs> every single Cubs fan that I have known, spoken to, and knows that I watched this team since 2017 has literally sat here and bitched about the fact the Cubs have no contact hitters in the fucking lineup yeah. because they're and all now, power hitters who strike out a lot. And now we're worried about having two contact hitters in the lineup? That's what we wanted for the last five years, people. Five years. Like, that's what blows my mind is literally it's just hypocrisy because, yeah. like, we wanted to these type of guys in the lineup. And we saw a little slight glimpse of it that, it can work even with the big three core that people were concerned about is if they weren't even the future. Like yeah. we saw what happened when Horner and Duffy were healthy this season. The Cubs offense was good for like right. a month and a half, but at least it was something. And like right. they were executing runs and they were driving guys in via sacrifice flies and manufacturing runs and making your arm hair stand up. Like they were doing good things. Why right. are we upset about the fact that the Cubs – so what it's your middle infielders? Not every middle – if people go back to like the 1980s and look at the stereotypical middle infield, it was guys like Horner and Madrigal. Power is sure. that those positions weren't normal. Right. Well, so like- my my rebuttal to like that though is like they still have so much development to go at the major league level. Mm-hmm. Like Madrigal doesn't look like a guy who's going to hit 20 bombs a year or whatever, but we don't know about we don't but know he's that about hit Horner. 320 every single year. Yeah, and, and we, we're going to care about on-base percentage and yeah. and batting average for those two guys. You know what I mean? Because, because and why how do productive we like them? they are. Because why do we like them, Cody? Because they get on base. Because they get on base. <laughs> so, I mean, again, that I just think a lot of the, the stuff that I see is just reactionary and just people are just spiraling because it's like it's one thing after another. You know, people... Like, fuck, I'm so fucking tired of people tweeting out pictures at Wrigley Field of empty seats. It was like, I was there Friday. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, it was fuck. It didn't look very full. But by the third inning, that place was fucking packed. Same thing yesterday. Like, and then there's people who are like, you need to, we like, we need to not go to games because, uh, to show Ricketts that we're not gonna, like, that, you know, to show Ricketts that we care and we want to win. It's like, <sighs> is Tom Ricketts really that fucking stupid? Right, like is Tom Rick is really <laughs> that fucking stupid? No, I just like I just don't. And that's the thing, like I I'm always going to be on the line of whether they're good or not. If you can go to the game, go to the game, man. Enjoy it. Like, don't like boycott the franchise. Well, weren't we just weren't we just in a pandemic for a year that literally none of us got to attend a baseball <laughs> game in Chicago in 2020? Yeah, and for most of this season, it was I'm a lottery so- to get tickets. Right. I'm like, just like, I just like, these are the little things that it's just like, this is what happens when the team is not good. So people are sitting online bitching about this stupid shit like this. And it's like, God, we better be good next year. That way we can at least talk about the product and bitch about the product when it pisses us off. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, and, and at so. least the nice thing for 2022, though, is like, 
there should be a couple of these kids that the Cubs have, whether already in the system or or, or gained via trades at, at this year's deadline, that we'll probably be seeing a little bit of. Like we, you and I, I know, are very high on Caleb Killian. I think he's going to be yeah. a guy we see a lot of next year. Maybe not right away, but I at think, some point. I think Caleb Killian is a guy that we might see in the second half of next year. Sure. If, if, you know, he, you know, pitches well beginning of the year in the minor league season. I like, I just think pitchers are different. Like I know MLB pipeline says like estimated time is 2022. I mean, they said that for Braylon Marquez for this year and obviously he didn't pitch at all. So I injury obviously has something to do with it, but you know, he, I also think he doesn't need a lot of time at the minor league level because he pitched in college. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's some high school guy who's like 19 years old. Right. Um, he's 24. So, and he's pitching well with the uh, Tennessee. So I, you know, I he looks like someone who I think if you start him in Triple A, let him pitch for a month or two down there. Maybe we get into June, July. Maybe he's a guy that you know you can call up and bring out of the bullpen. I don't think any of these pitchers outside of maybe, maybe a guy like Ryan Jensen. I don't think any of them they should use as like bring up to be a starter next year, like to start, like maybe in the future, like the year after. But as far as like, get, like because of avoiding injury and I just feel like we've seen a lot of pitchers throughout the league really succeed whenever they, they start their career out of the bullpen for like whatever, like if they come up in the middle of the year, just let them be a bullpen arm and then just like, then trans like transition them to a starter. Like when they go in their first full major league season, I feel like that's more beneficial. Again, a lot of things would have to have, like if the Cubs run out of like if they have injuries next year and they need someone to come up and start, then yeah, Caleb Killian's a guy that I think could be that guy. But as far as like, if you can bring him up when you want, like when you think he's ready, I feel mm-hmm. like he's a good guy to start in the bullpen. Kind of like how they did with Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele. Yeah. We I keep I, no one talks about this, but like no one was talking about Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson going into this year. They no. came out of nowhere. We're, like we're gonna talk, we should talk about Keegan Thompson now, but dating back to that start against the Dodgers, mm-hmm. going into her, I I don't know if I was on the podcast. I think what well, I was on the podcast because that's the one that I said I'd eat the mayonnaise if mm-hmm. they swept the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But I was like this guy named Keegan Thompson is going to come and face the fucking Dodgers with this lineup. There's no way we're going to fucking win a game or win, win that, win that game. We're going to do a bullpen day with, with that lineup and this guy who's never pitched against anyone. And then he pitched like three and two thirds innings and, you know, looked really good. And then he's looked really good all season out of the pen. And then, you know, if this is our transition to talking about him, but like this, like that's what I'm saying though, is like they brought them up and they let them pitch out of the bullpen and they proved that hey, we can we can go long longer innings because they're using them w- one or two innings at a time, mm-hmm. you know. And now they're trying to stretch them out into you know in starters. I don't know if both of them are going to be starters next year, but I think one of them sh- will be at least. And I I just like the route they went with those two guys. Maybe there's some yeah. guys that they won't have to do that with. Like mm-hmm. I really like Ryan Jensen, like I really do, and as as the number fifteen prospect in the system, that fucking says something. But yes. like, you know, what I mean, like, I think like that could be a really good route for like Caleb Killian. Is just you know start him out of the bullpen coming up, and then then l- let him loose in a full like in a full major league season. 
Well said. And I think <clears throat> we'll see that with a couple of these guys, right? Like I honestly think we see that with Jordan Wicks as well, who's who's now the sixth ranked prospect in the in the Cubs system. For those that yep. are curious, I am writing something about the re-ranking, so bear with me on that. It was supposed to come out Friday. Life got in the way. So we're working on it. But nonetheless, I, I really think that we could see guys like Wicks and even Jensen maybe out of the pen and Killian next year for points of the year with that intention of like, hey, if you guys really pitch well, maybe we give maybe they get a look in 2023. Like I really mm-hmm. honestly think, and this is just my hunch. I was talking to I think I was talking to my dad about this actually. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if because this is the Kantrovitz Hoyer Cubs, not the Theo Jed Cubs, mm-hmm. that rather than drafting position players and paying for pitching, they go the other route, at least early. And the reason I say that is, is because you have a lot of these arms that are like getting pseudo close to the major leagues. Like Jensen, mm-hmm. I absolutely see as a guy that can compete for a rotation spot in 2023. Same thing with Wicks, same thing with Killian. Like, if these guys are ultimately as good as that they can potentially be and have proved to be this season, I mean, go for anybody that's watching or listening to this as a podcast, go look up Caleb Killian's minor league numbers this year. Sure, his Tennessee numbers aside, he had one bad start and he's only been there for four games. But, like, he had, like, a, a sub two-and-a-half ERA at double-A and had, like, two complete games and a shutout. Like, this dude's the real deal. And his, yeah. his K-to-walk rate, at double A last or for with whatever the double A team is for the Giants, I don't really give a shit who they are, but mm-hmm. like his his K to walk rate was 64 to 8. Oh, yeah, holy shit! Like, that's insane. Like, that's literally insane. So, like, I think for everybody that is like, oh, well, what are they gonna do, you know, and, and this, that, and the other, like, I really think this is gonna be the Cubs' mold is like they found ways to develop pitchers. Kantrovitz is clearly that guy. Look at Oakland, look at St. Louis, and look what's happened since he left. They haven't done it the same. So, yeah. like, clearly, like, if I'm the Cubs, and, again, I'm putting my little, you know, Tom Ricketts hat on here. If I'm the Cubs, if Dan Kantrovitz says jump, I ask how high and how much money he wants. Because I'm going to hand him a blank check, and I'm going to say, if you're willing to stay, and we'll even promote you to be GM, so at least you have the title, mm-hmm. however much money you want to stay and continue to develop pitching, do it because <laughs> I think the Cubs are a perfect example of, you know, you can, you can find major league talent hitting wise. Clearly Hoyer was a big part of that with Theo and finding those type of guys. Brennan Davis is a perfect example of that. Yeah. A brand new number 14 prospect in baseball who we very well could see next year. Maybe not I right think away, we do. I but think I think we'll I see think, him at some point. Yep. I think we do as well. I think if, if the team is struggling or a lot of injuries happen by like May of next year, I think he's up as soon as May of next year. I really do. And so like they've shown they can develop and draft hitters. That's mm-hmm. not my concern. But if Kantrovitz is the magic tool that like allows them to just constantly bring these guys up as bullpen arms and then the next season they can start, like, oh, yeah, I'll take that. Because look how hard it is to find a good quality starter on the major league market nowadays. If you yeah. can develop these guys like it's second nature, that's fantastic. Then you go pay for the bats because the bats are more plentiful usually on the market than the than the arms are. Yeah. So like to me, that's that's a good mold and transitioning, like you said, kind of then into Keegan Thompson, right? Like him and Justin Seal were incredible out of the bullpen for the Cubs this year. Like I agree with you. Incredible. They were yeah. not talked about enough. Justin Steele coming back into the major leagues to start had a 203 major league ERA this season. Keegan Thompson had a 221. 
Sure. <laughs> of course, those numbers have been inflated now because the starters are going to give up runs. Shit's going to happen. But still, they were very good. And like, yeah. again, they, they did kind of come out of the woodwork. Steele at least was in the Cubs top 30. So like he's been a little more talked about. But like Keegan Thompson hasn't always been in the Cubs top 30. He has at times he's hovered around like 30. But like mm. he really wasn't a guy that most people talked about, like you said. You know, no one was talking about the, no, these two guys. Not at when all. people were t- before before all the moves at the trade deadline this year, the only people that people were talking about in the Cubs system was Brandon Davis, Braylon Marquez, and fucking Miguel Amaya. That's it. Yeah. So, like, I think that Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson are just good examples of great player development. Yes. Like like that the Cubs have. Yeah. And 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 that all of that kind of leads me to, to thinking as long as they make smart moves in the offseason that they can they can be in the division race next year. 100%. I don't see why not. A lot of people are like the Cubs need to spend and spend spend. It's like, yeah, but like spend smart. Like mm-hmm. like you know, I've been tweeting out names of guys lately just to like i don't know get people's thoughts no one no one no one loves the idea of bringing jorge soler back but i would only want him back if they if they had the dh in the national league next year like after the new cba i wouldn't you mind know, solar power bombs on the waveland right well and the thing is is like now the cubs kind of lack power hitting right like outside of patrick wisdom and wilson Contreras when he comes back and i guess yeah. frank schwindel has some power too but still like if you, you don't they don't have any proven power and and Jorge Soler has proven that he has power. I mean, he yeah, had a 48 homer season. Yeah. But he, he'd also be cheap too because he's having one of the worst years of his career. He has a negative war this year, man. Like Whoa. he's like he's he's not been good. But you can get him on a cheap deal because of that. Maybe he bounces back. He's only going to be 29 29 or 30 next year. I can't remember. I'll confirm for you. But like that's just one example. Like I feel like the Cubs can like because we know they're not going to be World Series contenders, they can spend on some certain guys, and they have a little bit more flexibility now with having more money. That you know, maybe they can do that with multiple guys that are at least you know in in route to to be better. You know, Jorge Soler might be a bad a bad example because he just seems like a flyer type guy when you look at the numbers this year. But you know, I think that you know you can get some decent hitters. Pitching wise, I mean, you just you look at it and you're like, fuck, like Marcus Stroman is by far and away the, the best one that looks out there. Maybe I would say 100%. Trevor Bauer if he wasn't going through all the legal stuff. Um, but then Trevor Bauer also just like kind of brings like a negative energy anyway. Like he always has a lot of freaking just a lot of freaking just baggage. And that was even before last year. Um, so I, I don't know. But then you got older guys like Grinky and Scherzer and, and like that. I mean, those are cool. I just, for where the Cubs are at right now, none of those guys are going to want to come to the Cubs. So I'm trying to look at it more, more realistically. Stroman's one that I just, he's the one that to me seems like, all right, this guy's going to like, if the Cubs pay him, like that's one that you're like, you feel good about because yeah, he's, he's like, he, he's going to be entering the prime of his career and he could be part of the next great Cubs team. And that's what they like, they can sell him on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys like Scherzer and, and even Bauer, I feel like they're going to be, they're going to want to be part of playoff contenders right away, like world series contenders. So, yeah, you know, I didn't mean to get into free agent talk, but like I, all the things with player development that we're talking about, you add in, you have that, and with some guys that there's gonna we have there's probably a name that we haven't even mentioned on this podcast today 
that comes up next year and we're like, who's this guy? And then he does something because like we've seen it this year. And so why, why wouldn't we expect that next year with the right. way that our play development, player development and scouting has been since Dan Cantrovance came over? You know what I mean? Like right. there's there. I, I like where that section of the organization is at. We just got to mm-hmm. we, we also have to make some moves though for the major league team, though. There's no doubt. There's no fucking doubt. Right. So I just I just want people to realize that we don't have to go and have like a two hundred and fifty million dollar payroll or whatever it is, you know, like we have to play it smart because th- there's just no there's no way that that team is going to be World Series contenders next year. No, there's just no no way. So no chance. But you like build, you said, build the team like going into 2015, I feel like is the, is right. the more is the more realistic idea like that team you know it was you know they 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 didn't have a lot of big contracts on there so no it was literally just just lester yeah was like the biggest contract that they had and i i agree with you and and that's the thing too i think a lot of people lose sight of is the dan kantrovitz footprint per se or like actual like stamp i guess is what the word i was looking for his stamp on this organization is what you're going to see starting next season. Because yeah. just like you said, like like he can't come in in 2018 and like immediately, boom, it changes the fortune of the Cubs' developmental program. It's not that way. It takes a couple years for him to put his stamp on it. And I think you're starting to see that. I think Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele are the start of that. I really do firmly believe that. And that we are going to see some of these guys coming up in the near future. I think we're going to see – Brennan Davis. I think we're going to see. I honestly do think we could see all three of Wicks, Jensen, and Killian at some point in 2022, even if it is out of the pen. You know, maybe they make like a spot start or something too, like along the way, just to show off like, hey, we can start a game, you know, but realistically looking more toward 2023. But like like you said, if you, you couple that with a few smart contracts, a Marcus Stroman, I think is a perfect example. And I will tell you right now, I will be the first person in line to get a Marcus Stroman jersey if he comes to the Cubs. I'm just putting that on record because uh, I love Marcus Stroman. Probably one of my favorite players in the major leagues. But again, you know, maybe they don't go and spend on Nick Castellanos as much as I'd love for him to be back at Wrigley. Maybe a Solaire mm-hmm. is a good option on a small, short-term, maybe one- or two-year contract. Maybe you give him a Jake Arrieta-type contract, and I don't say necessarily the exact dollars. I think he gets a little more than $7 million, but... Like, even if you get him at nine million bucks for one year with like a team option for year two, yeah, that's I mean, a nice think, contract. I don't even think he's had such a bad year that I don't even think the Cubs would have to do that. Like, he because he he was really good in 2019, had 48 bombs or whatever, had his best season. I think he was, he was almost a four war player. He's never really panned out to be like what we all thought he was going to be whenever he came up with the Cubs, but. You know, I again, I just feel like he, you, the Cubs are going to need a power bat if they don't re-sign Brian Rizzo and or Baez. You know, mm-hmm. and it, that is what it is. A lot of people don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, I. So if we're if we're excluding those three guys, you know, I I like a guy like him because it is a little bit of a flyer, but like you can. You can also get a flyer, but also go get a guy. 
I don't know, have a name off the top of my head, but someone that you're going to give a contract like what you just said about Jake Arrieta, like the Jake Arrieta contract that the Cubs gave, like, and hopefully it's actually someone worth giving that contract to, you know what I mean? Like they're going to have the flexibility to have more depth next year. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's why those Cubs teams that won in 15, 16 and 17 were so good. They just had so much depth, you know? So like that, that's why I add, I I, I mentioned Jorge Soler because you can, Go get him for nothing, but then add in someone else who's worthy of a $7 million a year contract. I mean, seriously, go look at Jorge Soler's numbers, man. He's not worth $7 million right now. So, no, uh, I can tell you his numbers right now. He's uh, over the course of the full season. Uh, this doesn't include since he's gotten to uh, Atlanta because I think he's actually been okay since he's gotten to the Braves um, in the process. So, yeah, he's actually hitting for above 250 with the Braves, but. Overall in the year, 204, 306, 395 is the slash line with 18 home runs and 47 RBIs. Like that's 14 games. He's slugging under 400. That guy. That's bad. Like that's not good. So, but that that doesn't mean I I think that he's just complete garbage now. Like I I think that, you know, he he can bounce back. A lot of players bounce back. So, yeah. I don't know. Like that's just my one example, but there's no, I think it's there's more players out there. You know, I you know we haven't talked that's about Matt is. Duffy a lot, but like you know, like he, I feel like he's gonna be a a bench. You're gonna be in a bench role next year if they bring him back. I and I know we've been talking about a lot of contact hitters, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. He just kind of adds in a little bit more. Like I'd honestly rather have him than David Bodie on the roster personally, but I know David Bodie's on the contract, so they're gonna keep him. But you know. He's just added depth, and I think like like that that's the big thing. I feel mm-hmm. like going into next year is just have more depth because this team this team currently constructed right now doesn't have depth. They didn't even really have any depth going into the year, honestly. Because if Bryant right. Rizzo and Bias didn't play, like the offense was just dead. You know what yeah. I mean? And those teams in 15, 16, 17, they they could afford to give guys day off days off because you're getting great contributions out of. You know, in 16, you're getting you, you got the best year of Ben Zobris' career in 16. Mm-hmm. And then like um Dexter Fowler, obviously. And fuck, so many guys, man. Mm-hmm. Like they had, like those those three were, I guess in 16, Brian and Rizzo were the guys, but like you got almost a hundred RBIs out of Addison Russell in his one really good major league season. Like that. Like you just, we didn't know that that was going to happen at least, but I just think that you, you, you add that depth, you get that, you get back to the depth that they had in those three seasons, even 18, cause they won 95 games. But like, I think that's where, that's where you start to build back up. That's where you, you know, you start getting back into, you know, all right, another five, six year stretch, hopefully of yeah. a really good team. Um, So I, I think that's something that no one's really talking about a lot. Like we just got to get, yeah. we have to get more depth and it starts with the guys in the minor leagues next year, because mm-hmm. I mean, Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson didn't even start the year with the team. I mean, they called up Justin Steele like in the first or, or in like the second or third week of April. I thought, yeah, I think it was Thompson like came up shortly after, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's not even it's like the guys I'm talking about. They're not even going to be guys who start, on opening day. It's, it's just ones that just come out of the woodwork that you're just kind of like, how, where in the hell did this guy come from? That yeah. No one talked about. So I don't know who those guys are, but I, I am looking forward to it. We were, you know, Caleb Killian. I, 
people will recognize if he comes because he was part of such a big trade. But, right. you know, like there's there's guys that are going to hopefully if the Cubs are just like competitive and, and in it, like they can make an impact or something. But sure. Have a long way to go to get there, man. It's just there's a lot of stuff we got to like they got to do in the offseason. They got to be smart with the payroll because uh-huh. if they're not, Tom's going to be Tom and like. <sighs> I just, I'm so, like, not only was I so tired of contract extension talk, man, I'm so tired of talking about Tom Ricketts. So tired of it. Yeah. Probably the most talked about owner in the city of Chicago. And that says something with the likes of Jerry Reinsdorf and the the McCaskey family um, owning uh, three of the franchises in town just between those two owners as well. I agree with you. I, I mean, I really do think everything you said is spot on. And just to quickly supplement everything that you said is, you know, like you said, it is going to be that one or two random guys that kind of come out of the woodwork that make an, at some type of impact. It might not be top level, like they're the next best thing on this team for the future, but like, hey, they're at least serviceable and they get the job done and they can be a meaningful contributor on a good team. And, yeah. you know, and then, like you said, being smart with money, there's actually a very good group of like middle of the pack type guys that if the Cubs don't love the free agent market this year and don't go crazy and spend on a guy like Castellanos or one of the shortstops or what have you, you got guys like Tommy Pham, who wouldn't be awful. Solaire yeah. is right in that group. Cole Calhoun, like there's that group of guys that you can sign for under $10 million a year, maybe only to one or two year deals. And you know, at least be good enough to compete in the division and get these kids that are going to start coming up and playing meaningful time that experience necessary to be a part of that next great Cubs team, like you said. And then that's when you start to supplement that with these guys that are ready in 2023 and 2024. You know, obviously not all of them are going to pan out to be great major leaguers, but if you get something out of them going forward and then you continually have that good pipeline just continuing to pump out talent because of how good they are developing then you can have a sustained success like the cardinals and sure lately the cardinals haven't been super successful but you look over the last 20 years even when they're out of it it's like a one-year dip and the next year they're competitive again so like that is a testament to your player development is if you can keep that type of streak going you know, and even now with like the Yankees, they they learned that eventually you can only pay for talent for so long until you need to be able to develop talent. They've gotten better at doing that. Now they've what made the playoffs almost every single season t- since 2016, you know, because they sold yeah. off a couple pieces and got some meaningful young talent back. And so that's right. what happens. And that's exactly what the Cubs need to do going forward. And I'm 100 percent in agreement with you there uh, in regards to that. But I mean, as, as we approach the uh, the hour mark, dude, this has actually been great prospect. I like doing the like Sunday that. shows because we usually do go about an hour because yeah. we just kind of recap the weekend, but also just bitch about all the other shit. And I feel like that's been this entire show since the weekend sucked in general. But, sure. you know, it's uh, I, I, I just I think that there's there's a lot of things to look forward to. And I think that a lot of people on Twitter just need to fucking stop just like just chill like we know the team isn't good yeah yeah, breathe like the team just it's not good right now it's not gonna be good the rest of the season there's guys to look forward to but like i just like don't really understand some of the like the hot takes out there with like Mm -hmm. like the nico horner stuff like i just don't get it so anyway man um, yeah, it's, it's people. It's yeah. people trying to find conversation. I do have one thing I want to bring up with you because this is something that Joe and I forgot to mention on Friday show. 
And it was, did you see the official graphic tweeted out by the MLB for the Field of Dreams game next year? And then like Hayward and Contreras like walking through corn or something. That was the one the Cubs tweeted out. Okay. The original one that the MLB tweeted out. So for the Reds, it was Votto and Winker, which I think was smart because I think they know that Castellanos is opting out of that contract. But for the Cubs, it was Contreras and Patrick Wisdom. (laughs) And I would like to know your thoughts on that because we meant to talk about it. Literally, Joe and I mentioned it after we got Mm. done. We're like, we didn't talk about that. I was like, shit, you're right. We didn't. Uh, I mean, kind of a kudos. Hey, good for you, Patrick Wisdom. But like, if there's, if there's, if that doesn't prove that like next season is so uncertain for the Cubs, they just put like the hottest name right now on the team besides Wilson Contreras, and that's Patrick Wisdom, right. which I I thought was funny. I said maybe Hendricks would have made sense, but like I get not wanting to put a pitcher if he doesn't pitch in the game. So like, right. But that was just wanted to get your quick thoughts on that because that that's was, uh. That's not my I mean, again, like you know, and I've been on the Patrick Wisdom train since the beginning, man. Like. Juice thought he was a one or two week thing, and he's just like the the one knock on him is yeah the swing and miss is is not good. I don't know what his walk rate is, but I you know it it's not the bottom of the league like Javi Baez's is. So I'll look it up for me. It's, it's for me. It's like all right, he's gonna basically sacrifice everything for power and extra base hits. He's gonna strike out a lot, so you're getting essentially getting yourself an Adam Dunn type guy. But I don't know. Like this is his first real major league season. Like this is the most he's ever played in the major leagues, so he's gonna finally have a full off season working with major league like trainers and 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 whoever else part of the Cubs player development, and gonna get a chance like gonna get a chance to really work on what he needs to work on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, next year I think he. I mean, if if. I don't know who's on the third base market, but it's it, to me, it's like Patrick Wisdom deserves to be the starting third baseman next year. I think he's solid in the middle of the order. You just got to supplement the roster with actual other good players too. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, he's of the ones on the roster, not named Wilson Contreras. Like he's the one guy that I'm like, yeah, he should be a starter next year. I can't even say that about Ian Happ. I don't want to say that about Jason Hayward, but he will because he makes too much damn money facts so no i agree and i love everything you had to say i i'm 100 there with you on just the kind of the approach with a guy like wisdom for next season of like he's shown everybody this year that he can play a good defensive third base he will give you that power that this cubs lineup is in desperate need of and he will you know he'll at least be good enough i mean even with the swing and miss issues this year he's still hitting 250 which for most swing and miss guys, like is acceptable, especially if he's giving you the type and of for a while. He has. For a while, yeah, he, he led the team in OPS, mm-hmm. so he might still, still do it. Still <laughs> near the top, yeah. He's still, I think he's still near the top. Um, I know Rafael that. Ortega has been so hot since the All Star break; he might have passed him, but he's yeah, I don't know. No, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I can I can tell you uh, based on today's game. Oh, we have a final. Good, so I have OPS is quickly available. Um, currently Patrick wisdom actually has a better OPS right now than Rafael Ortega does. Um, okay. after today's game, Ortega went over four. So that certainly doesn't help, but, uh, Ortega's OPS currently sits at eight thirty six. Uh, wisdom's sits at eight fifty three. 
Uh, and but the current best on the team is by far and beyond the legend of Frank Schwindel with a 942 OPS. <laughs> if that's worth nice. mentioning, I was looking nice. for Wisdom's walk rate for you. I couldn't find it quickly enough on Fangraphs, unfortunately. That's why I was yeah. like, for those that are watching and like, where's Ron's eyes going? That's what my eyes were doing. But, <laughs> um, you know, but, but I mean, it's not super high, I'm sure, but it, no, it's not the it's, bottom of the league. It's not, it's not literally where like we got to the point where like when Javi Baez walked, it was a drinking game. Like, right. It's right. not that bad. So, right. you know, I, but I agree. I think he, he absolutely is on this team next year in some capacity. And even he could be a part of like the next great Cubs team. Maybe he's only a bench piece at age 32 or 33 at that point, but like, you never know, you know, like he's going to be a guy that at least is going to play every day because I mean, we've seen it this year. He mm. hasn't even played. Like he still is, I think, under 250 plate appearances for the year, and he's got 20 mm. home runs already. He's got a 312 on base percentage, which is kind of low. I wish it was up closer, maybe around 340, 345. Yeah. Um. But again, a lot of that has come back to just the fact the league is adjusted. But despite them adjusting, he's still hitting homers. And he's still, ha- I mean, still an OPS over 853. I mean, Javi Baez has an OPS. I believe the entire season he has had an OPS below 800. Like, I and I, 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 com- I compare him to Javi Baez because a lot of what we see is is, is either power or strikeout, right? right? And decent defense, defense, you know. Um, but hitting 253, slugging 541, like again, and it's also it's also an easier pill to swallow. When you're not paying the guy a ton of money, and you're not oh, going to yeah. pay him a ton of money mm-hmm. next year, so mm-hmm. it's 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 easier for me to just be okay with having a guy like that. Unlike Avi Baez, who last we checked wanted two hundred million dollars on a long term deal. So, right. yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, and Javi right now has an OPS of seven fifty seven. So if that's anything. Yeah. indicative and his average is worse than wisdom so his average is a 241 right now and sure he has more homers in 24 but he's only got four more home runs than wisdom and he's played i mean how many more at bats how many how many at bats does wisdom have this year do you have that number uh he's got 233 at bats yeah javi is 373 at bats so literally in well over 100 more at bats javi has four more home runs right. i'll take like you said for the money I'll absolutely yeah. take a guy that's going to hit for high power. And even if he is a 250, 260 hitter, I'll take mm-hmm. 250, 260. Right. Especially it, if he gets that OBP up around 340. Right. It's easy. Like I said, it's easier to swallow those strikeouts when he's just a guy that more likely than not is just going to be a role player. He's not going to be a guy that you're going to build your team around. Like mm-hmm. at this point with this roster, the team, you're the guy you're building your team around is Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks. Like, yeah. That's it, you know. Like, it, obviously, a lot to go, and maybe, maybe wisdom has an even better year next year. And if so, then he's going to get himself a nice contract somewhere, if not with the Cubs. So I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, it's it's significantly easier to take the L's that wisdom brings you with the strikeouts whenever you're just not really paying him anything. So, it, like, if he was on a good team right now, people would love this guy even more than we do because he would be supplying a team with production that no one expected. And on a and like they're and again, if they're on a good team, they're in a playoff chase. So, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it is what it is. But no, nah, I mean, as far as like the poster or whatever it is, I mean, 
who else are you going to throw on there? No, <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. I just, I was intrigued. Yeah, I'll, I mean, again, if it wasn't a pitcher, if it was a pitcher, if not Hendricks, maybe Alzale or, uh, you know, they could have thrown Steel or Tobbs at I don't know. Like, yeah. it, it, I feel like he's just the most. Would have been. It would have been, right been perfect, honestly. It actually, would have been perfect if they threw Alec Mills on there. Would have been so perfect, honestly. It would have been very on brand for Alec Mills. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty great. I would have enjoyed that. Actually, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, Look at that face of Alec Mills walking through the corn. <laughs> walking through the corn. The like the the like the surprised face too. The like yeah. face as yeah. he's walking through the corn like. <laughs> that would be that would be very on brand that would be uh, oh, quite enjoyable actually we but. didn't really talk about alec mills today he wasn't very good today no, I, the seven defense didn't help great. him yeah the defense didn't help him either and that's how he gave up a couple of the early runs but um i still i still like him as the cubs number five next year he's been solid in, in august so yeah. just throw this one away finish here strong come back next year and you know, just fill that role. I think that I, if there's anything for sure that I think we have is a number five guy next year. And, sure. uh, yeah. you know, this is what it is uh, about today. Every starter has bad starts. And again, with the role that he is in, you're going to expect some bad, some bad ones. Right. Um, he wasn't good today, but also the defense didn't help him. Maybe less runs given up if defense showed up. But yeah, yep. it is what it is. I 100% agree with you, man. And, I don't have any more thoughts to add. I think we we went through a lot of good juicy stuff on this episode so far. Do you want to go ahead and quickly look forward to tomorrow and let the people know what's happening? Yeah, let's fucking let's, I'm gonna try and give you a fly the W player, bro. I'll try. Right. That's that's fair. <laughs> well, I will say uh, the Cubs are back in action on Monday at Wrigley Field. Uh, for a 7.05 local time start with the Colorado Rockies, who are coming to town for a three-game series. Uh, this game, like I said, will be played at 7.05 in the local suspects, uh, 670 to score WRTO 1200 Marquee Sports Network. As for the other side, uh, KOA 8.50 AM is where you can listen out in Colorado, and then AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountains uh, is where you can watch the game. Pitching matchup for tomorrow is Antonio uh, Senzatella. Senzatella. Antonio uh, Senzatella. Senzatella, Sorry. yes. Two, he's 2-9 and nine on the year with a 4.58 ERA and 76 uh, Ks. And then uh, MLB wins leader Kyle Hendricks takes the mound for the Cubs tomorrow, 14-5. and 4.04 ERA and 107 strikeouts for the professor. So, uh, sir, thoughts, quick thoughts on tomorrow's game. And uh, well, is Kyle uh, Hendricks the fly the W pick? I'm going to take him before you can get him, man, because like Kyle it. Hendricks, uh, he has been as consistent as ever. I'll forever say that this guy is the most underrated pitcher in baseball. It's a goddamn shame he's never been an all-star. 14-5, and five, I know no one gives a shit about wins and losses for pitchers anymore, but like, if there's anything that it tells you, it's that they're always putting your team in position to win. And uh, even with how bad this team, uh, Kyle Hendricks is doing that. Um, I think he pitched – he had a really good outing in Cincinnati last week, and he's historically never really pitched well in Cincinnati. So I like him to keep keep it rolling, man. I guess if as far as individual performance, he – I mean, I would assume has a chance to maybe get up to 17 or 18 wins, maybe. You know, he'd have to get a win every single out, outing left. But would love for him to at least get to 15. Yeah. Um. Before the end of the year, unfortunately, no decisions are always a thing. But 
Yeah, I think I said on I said on a recent show, man, it's like it sucks. This is our, you, I feel like you can argue this is Kyle Hendricks best year as a pro just based off expectations. Because um, in 16, no one thought he was going to be the ERA leader at the end of the right. year. So he kind of came on the scene out of nowhere. And then 15, he was like a number five starter for the Cubs. And right. like then just like really changed in his entire reputation in 16. And then like. 17, 18, 19, like, was just solid. Like, he was your solid number two, number three starter. And then 2020 came, and him and you, Darvish, were just, like, the lights out, just Mm -hmm. dynamite. Um, But, obviously, everyone was talking about Darvish more so than Hendricks. And now Hendricks finally given the ace role this year. And outside of his April, man, and maybe one or two bad starts since then, like. He's been good. he's He's been great. And like I know the numbers won't say that he's this is his best year, but for me, with the expectations that he has for for like being a starter, he is far and away living up to them. So yeah, um, yeah, I'll take him. And you know, what is Colorado coming to Wrigley or are the Cubs going to Colorado? Coming to Wrigley. Coming to Wrigley. Um, yeah, I mean Colorado also sucks. Um, so I mean, I guess you know. The the like and this is why I was so mad about the the series against the Royals. It's like you're mm-hmm. playing another team that sucks too. Like you should be putting yourself in position to at least have a competitive game, get guys Compete. competitive. Yeah, get competitive at bats, get competitive high leverage spots for certain bullpen arms, a la Cody Hoyer. Um, so if we're not gonna win tomorrow, at least lose like five to four or some shit like that. Or two and, to like, one or right. Yeah, and like have and like have some guys get some high leverage innings. Like that Colorado team is not good. So mm-hmm. like and they didn't play well against the Mountain Colorado. Again, I just like it that's the one thing that we 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 should demand, honestly. It's just like give us competitive at bats and high leverage spots for some of these arms. Like yep. I think we should all be able to agree with that. Yeah, I'll take competitive losses over blowout losses every single day of the week. Um, so I'm right there with you. And at yeah, at this point, at this yeah, point, yeah, <laughs> at this point, absolutely. And you know what? Like, I'm right on the same page with you tomorrow. Obviously, a win would be cool, but if it comes down to it, and at least they only lose by a run, you know, and you get some of these guys some high leverage work that need it, you know, that mm-hmm. are going to be a part of this team 2022 and beyond. I think that's going to roll really well. And for tomorrow, unfortunately, no lefty on the mound, so I'm not going to assume Hermosillo is going to be in the lineup. Otherwise, I would be taking him. Um, I'm going to just continue to, to ride the, uh, the legend that is French Wendell, uh, you know, two for four today. I mean, can't, can't, com- can't compete, you know, complain. He's too much a fun player. I he do. Is. I do like him. I, I, I genuinely hope if he's not with the Cubs next year, he lands himself a nice spot somewhere, but yeah. I genuinely think he could just be like a nice depth piece, like whether it's in triple a or, you know, off the bench for the Cubs next year. Like, why not? Sure. You know, I don't yeah. know. We'll see yeah, what happens the rest of the year, but you know, yeah. like that's that's just kind of how I feel about him. I don't, I don't like there's if if this guy is a starter for the Cubs next year, we're gonna really suck, man, because that means that they didn't do anything in the offseason. So that's yeah. that's where I'm at with him. Yeah, fair. I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to to sum this thing up. So, Cody, before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody. Cubs on Tap, the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out all of our great work, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at Ontap Sportsnet on social media. You can follow the pod specific accounts on Twitter and Instagram at Cubbies on Tap. That's C U B B I E S. Now you can follow myself. I am at Loose on Tap. Cody is at Cody on Tap. Follow all of our other great contributors here at Cubs 
at Juice on Tap, at Marty Laval, at The Riot 326, and at Joe Mary. I don't know what happened there. There we go. Now we're back. <laughs> uh, you can also... No, don't make me close this out, Ron. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but we also got great Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks coverage, all the guys. Uh, those seasons getting ready to ramp up now. Uh, mostly, obviously, Bears being the soonest, but the other two won't be too far behind. Make sure to tune in there. And yes, Cubs fans, we all have at least one. That's a White Sox fan friend that is. Um, you go ahead and bring them over to us. Socks on Tap guys do a great job covering the Southsider as well. So once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com at ontapsportsnet on social media. The Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Cody, always a pleasure, sir. I feel like you and I haven't had just a, a you and I episode in a hot minute, so this was fun getting to chat all things Cubs and. Uh, mm. Yeah, man. I mean, always a pleasure, and we'll we'll be back uh, tomorrow night after the the Rockies and Cubs game, or some iteration of the Cubs on tap three with you. So, yeah, man. No, it's always good. Um, you know, like uh, just try to ride out the rest of the year the best way we can. Um, so, well said. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I got. <laughs> Absolutely well said, man. We're gonna ride this thing out the best we can here at Cubs on tap. And what do you say, man? We get out here the only way we know how to. Let's go Cubs! Let's go Cubs.